Welcome to the ESP PPE podcast, Proper Project Expectations. Just a quick setup or reminder of what we're doing here. This is our 2023 summer series covering selling under NEM3, working in solar in California, and why it's still the best place to sell solar in the country if you know how. We're all about learn, then earn, whether you're fresh to the industry or a sun-baked seasoned pro. In this podcast series, we'll go through the course of a project from some pre-sale topics all the way to final system activation. Don't take anything we say as gospel. Just try it on and see if you like it. Here we go. Welcome to the ESP PPE Minisode edition. We're going to be talking about the Top Solar Contractor Awards. It is the 2023 list that just dropped, reporting on 2022 install numbers. I've got our VP of Construction, Jack Walker, here to go over a little bit about it, where we ranked, what that means, and yeah, just kind of a little little mini State of the Union, if you will. Jack? Hey, Danny. Thanks for joining today, man. Uh, Glad to chat a little bit about these uh, 2023 top solar contractors list produced by Solar Power World. I think it's a fabulous mechanism for sort of understanding and learning about who's out there in the industry, what they're doing, where they're doing it. It's definitely a great tool for sales companies. It's a great tool for marketing companies. But at the end of the day, you know, where you rank is really only important to you as a company. It's not necessarily important to anybody else. What do you think about it? I totally agree. As the director of marketing here, uh, I've been in charge of basically making sure that we show up on the list every year that we've submitted for it. And yeah, I I, I do have a personal investment, uh, like you said, in making sure that we show up favorably, right? That, that we're proud of where we land based on the work that we've done the year before. I will say one of the really cool things this year, just about our stats specifically, we've been on the list for several years running, uh, and we're always pretty close to the top as far as residential goes, um, pretty darn near the top for California, uh, multiple years running. And one of the things about this year's results that I found particularly interesting, we are ranked number eight uh, residential installer in the country. And that's no small feat especially considering that we only installed in California. Right. So we did we did that well nationally in one state. And the other thing, I dove into the results a little bit just to see, you know, who 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 ranked higher than us. Well, it turns out there are some big names out there. You can look at the list yourself to see who the, you know, top 1, 2, 3 whatever. We installed more solar in California than the top six national residential installers combined. Let that yeah. sink in. <laughs> oh, it's a it's a it's a huge stat, right? When you start looking at, you know, who's number one in what region and for why, or who's number two, or who's number one through five, doesn't matter where you go. When you start breaking out residential versus commercial versus utility, that's really where the rubber hits the road because a utility project can literally catapult you to the top of the list as far as watts installed. Oh, 100%. A commercial project or multiple commercial projects can catapult you to the top. So I think Solar Power World does a wonderful job about being able to dissect the list correctly, not just by state, right? But by state and by category, meaning residential, utility, commercial, and then 
They even go one step further by allowing you to do it by your job description. Are you right. an EPC? What's your Are specialty? You in Are you a subcontractor? Heck, they even got a division now for sales organizations. So yeah. if you, as a sales org, want to become recognized to attract more sales reps to you, start publishing your data to Solar Power World. Absolutely. I think one of the most impressive pieces about this, and like you, Danny, when I worked for a different company in the past, I, I brought this idea of, hey, we should do this so that we can be seen. At the time, the company that I was working for wanted to be seen everywhere. It was a very big driving factor. And one of the ways that I thought to be best seen is to make sure that you show up among the very best in the group. And so what we did is we started publishing the data to Solar Power World. And I quickly learned through the folks at Solar Power World that they validate the data. You cannot be an installer or an aggregator or an EPC and send your data to Solar Power World and have it be inaccurate. They actually reach out to the utilities to validate that you have these agreements and that you have done this work and that you've interconnected these systems. So two things. One, it's important to remember that it's not based on sales numbers. It's based on actual installed systems. Right. That's important. Got to right? have an install now, complete date, 100%. Right. It's now validatable, um, if that's a word. The reason it's not based on anything else is because certain numbers are meaningless. Like you could say to somebody, hey, my company wrote... 43 megawatts worth of business last year. And that sounds like it's a very impressive number. Well, the reality is of those 43 megawatts, they might've only installed 21 of them, right? Because of cancellation rates, sure, because of buyer's remorse. What's your pull one, through? Yeah just, yeah, just pure cancellation rate. Your ability to actually, what gets on the roof is what matters. What gets interconnected is what matters. And I think Solar Power World does a great job at validating and making sure that nobody is sort of misleading the industry. Right. Yeah. It's not. On, it's not just a. It's not just a soapbox to boast about ragawatts, uh, is what the term is. I think in a lot of my a favorite lot of circles. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite term. One of the things that I think is super important about this is that, you know, it, not the fact that it's validated, like that's super important, right? But there is one other component that is super sort of surprising to me. I, again, I'm not going to name names. That's not what I do. I'm not a, I'm not a look at this or look at that. But man, if, if you take a minute and you know your market, if you know your market well enough, you're going to see some name, or you're going to not see some names that you probably expected to see, right? That's a good point. And I'm really curious about why certain companies would not want yeah. to publish their right now. The only thing that I can think of, and again, I, I don't have a, I don't have a good spin on this. And Danny, through the power of editing, if if something steps out of bounds here, let's make sure we <laughs> clean it up before, but. The only thing that I can imagine is that the reason, maybe one of the reasons that they don't publish is that maybe they're a public company. And maybe even though this data would have sort of transponded in their stock prices, 
last year because of volumes and incentives and earnings, right? How that stuff triggers stock prices. I can only imagine if something came out this year that is based on last year's number, let's face it, this year is half over. And the report that comes out is really based on last year's numbers. Like I can only imagine if something was sort of detrimental that it might trigger sort of further downward spiral of of stock pricing. And again, Danny, if this is completely out of bounds, let's go ahead and edit it out. But there is some reason why the known or some of the known boys do not publish to Solar Power World. And I and they have marketing teams. I yeah. can't imagine why. Certainly. They no, it's I mean, it's a really it's a valid observation. And I think it is one of those things it really boils down to, I'd say, confidence in the partners that you're choosing, essentially. And so that's another that's a good litmus test, right? If somebody maybe they've submitted to the list in the past, but suddenly they're not on the list. Is it because a they forgot to publish to the list? They forgot it was a thing. B, they're not super confident in how valid their reporting is uh or c they're not really confident like you said that the results are going to be positive for them they can't they can't put a good spin on yeah we uh we installed less we we lost ground you know that's never a good feeling that's one of the reasons i'll 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 make a correlation to one of the other big lists out there that i'm sure everybody's familiar with is the inc 5000 right everybody knows what that is everybody's heard of it that's a really expensive program to join and the the bummer about it is you're never going to rank as high as you did your first one or two years because you're constantly measuring against yourself and your previous explosive growth right and not not that that's a bad metric to compare you you, you should always be measuring yourself against yourself right we always want to get bigger and better more important that we get better not necessarily that you that you have to grow every single year there's something to be said for quality earnings over quantity of earnings right but yeah i mean whether it's a whether it's a stock market indicator or uh just a you know a consumer or or sales partner or whatever kind of partner confidence meter that's that's hard. That's hard to explain away sometimes if you're like, yeah, we were, you know, number 200 last year. Oh, now this year we're only number 300. Oh, this year we're only, you know, so I'm, I'm glad that on our metrics, uh, as far as this year's list, we're number 89 in the country. That's pretty cool. We, I, I think we might've broken the top 100 one of the previous years, but again, you know, we're, we're confident that we're going to be around to keep showing up on this list. And and I think that's something that anybody listening to this right now, if your provider is listed or is not listed, take note of that, you know, and kind of understand like when we say we're proud of the results that we've achieved in California, it's because we're not going anywhere, right? California is a difficult market to sell in right now, but we're confident that it's going to it's going to come back because we know we've seen these effects of net metering changes in states across the country and there are still plenty of installers in all of these states who are still showing up top of the charts and on top solar contractors and everywhere else so it's not going anywhere just be aware yeah danny so in california we ranked second overall there was a company slightly larger than us in kilowatts installed And quite honestly, like I'm super proud 
I'm super proud of being the second largest. I know it's not number one, which is actually, I think, a good thing. I think it's a good thing for lots of different reasons. Um, have you ever done that? Have you ever done that? You take a person and you give them a piece of tape and you say, jump as high as you can and stick this piece of tape on the wall. Mm, and then you hand them another piece of tape and you say, okay, stick this one higher than that one. Yeah. Right. It comes down to sort of being able to see the goal and being able to sort of strive for the goal. And sure. every single time for at least three times in a row, that person is going to jump higher the next time, even if it's only a smidgen. They're yep. going to try harder. They're going to achieve that minuscule piece of getting the tape above the next piece of tape, right? right. And this was an exercise we did a long time ago in um, a team building setting to sort of show the power of people and drive. And one of the things that I absolutely love about working with ESP and the fact that we do submit to Solar Power World's top contractor list is that we are going to be able to see our ranking. We are gonna have something to strive for, but I know when I sit down and I talk with you and I talk with our executive team and when I talk with like all of the people who drive the company, I know that number one would be a great place to be, but it's not, it's not the measurable item for us. For us, the measurable item is being the best, the one that people choose to use because we are reliable, we are fast, we are back financially to sort of drive the business in the direction that it needs to go. And I think when we get to and we exemplify those things, I think growth automatically happens, which is why we have grown year over year over year. And we have moved up this list each year. Do I suspect we're going to be number one next year? Nope. Would I like to be? It would be cool. I'll say the words. It would be it would be something to celebrate. But I only want if we're the best. And I'll, I'll go one further with that. I mean, anybody who's uh, in sales, obviously there's a little bit of competition that's going to come in to say the least, right? You always want to be top dog on the on the charts, right? And yeah, healthy healthy competition is always a good thing. I certainly don't love staring at somebody's taillights, you know, over and over and over again. So it, it can get a little bit frustrating. But at the same time, as soon as you're number one, if that's all you care about, you might take your foot off the gas a little bit, you know, you're like, Hey, we made it. Yep. We we're, we're good. We topped the charts. That's all we need to do. No, no room for complacency. Exactly. Exactly. Nobody, nobody should ever, nobody should ever hit number one on anything and be like, cool. That's all just wanted to do that once. Right. Like it's about consistency. It's about staying there and what, what got you there. And maybe what got you there, isn't going to keep you there, but you have to analyze, be, be very self analytic. And, and like I've said before, we're rigorous. We're relentless in trying to improve our processes and trying to understand, hey, yeah, maybe we could have done this faster. Maybe we could have done this cleaner. Maybe we could have done this, you know, just better. Like you said, we want to be the best. We are always going to be getting better and we're never going to rest until we are the best. Well, and I should say, even then, we're not going to rest, right? <laughs> so yeah. that's no, the, that's the, the whole idea. Day, somebody, somebody will be gunning for us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My dad, my dad is, is a great man. He's still alive. He's still with us today. Um, my dad, when we would go on long driving trips, he would look for something he called a rabbit. And the rabbit was the guy that was going faster than him, mm. but going the same direction. Mm-hmm. And he always looked for a rabbit because if he had a rabbit out in front of them, 
he could then go the same speed that he was going. And the risk of being pulled over was far less likely in receiving a speeding ticket because they typically are going to get the front guy. They're going to get the first guy, right? So uh, much like being number one on this list, everybody's sort of gunning for your watts. That's cool. But I think ESP's approach in making sure that we're putting processes, processes, and practices in place that allow us to be the best, I think that's the real goal. And it will be measured. It will be measured by the way our sales organizations support us. I think that's the number one way of finding out. The more sales companies that come to ESP and say, we love working with ESP for this reason and for that reason and for these reasons, and it can be anything from speed of pay to speed to uh, equipment on the roof to quality of product installations to the way yeah. we're taking care of their homeowners to yeah. the communications we provide, whether it be through project management or through Slack channels, whatever the whatever the mechanisms are that we're going to use to become better each time we do this. Those are the things that we want to sort of get better at. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And and I mean, really, again, one just one step further than that. We talked about it in one of our recent big group town hall meetings that we have. What's a, what's your why, right? And what is ESP's why? And that was something that I, I thought was really powerful. It's not about installing the most megawatts, right? That's just a that's just a, a piece of tape on the wall. What matters is how many people's lives we have touched, how many people's lives we have improved. And I think that that's something that that's a more important metric. How many how many of our partners are going to come back again and again and say, man, you guys are really the best to work with. You know, we've we've seen what else is out there. And again, not to talk shade, we're not perfect, but if we get that and we do where somebody says yeah you know what for whatever reason i left and sure enough coming right back because you guys have something going for you and that's that that's that's really meaningful right i mean that means that we get to help that person help that person's family help that person's community help you know the the planet as a whole i always like to say working in solar is a bit of a cheat code because you wake up every day and you're saving the world right that's kind of cool you're making good money and you don't have to you're you're not doing something that you have to really like roll out of bed and be like oh i gotta go down to the gotta go down to the old mill again you know like it's it's the rock quarry like the rock quarry (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i i think i think that's something that it's it's great i'm i'm glad that we're able to measure ourselves with something quantifiable like you know number of projects on the roof right but the broader impact of that that's thousands and thousands of families who are now powered by the sun that's thousands and thousands of you know carbon emissions reduced that tens of millions of gallons of water saved by running those homes on solar instead of you know a, a coal plant 50 bajillion miles away in the desert it's, so it's bigger Danny than most people would lend their imagination to oh uh, yeah and, and the reason I say it that way is because it's literally everybody who's in our path it is our employees their families it is our suppliers their families their families yeah. and the employee that supplier right it's our sales organizations it's their families it's the people they sell to 
It's their families. It's our subcontractors who help us in so many different ways, not just install site survey, like every, like if we have to fix a landscape faux pas, like th- there's so many people that this thing touches. You're, hey, you're giving me chills, not, Jack. <laughs> well, believe it or not, we employ people at the utility company. Somebody has to process our NEM applications, That's right? Point. At the end of the day, you'd think, you'd think, wait a minute, wait, you, you, you have employees at the utility? Well, they're not our employees, they're employees of the utility, but yes, we're the ones that provide them that work that allows that job to oh, exist. And, and boy, oh boy, have we been keeping them busy this year, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, hey, let's move towards you know understanding what this thing is, right? It's a self-reported list. It is validated. It is quantifiable. There are some people who are missing, but at the end of the day, whether we are two or five or 12, our goal is to be better in the performance of our work. And if we grow as a result of that, then and only then should we celebrate the moving up in the ranks. That's what I personally believe. You said it better than I could have. I like that a lot. I think that really, yeah, it just boils down to loving the work that you do and getting better at it every single day. It is important and it is super cool that we're number two, but it is not the goal for us to be number one unless this thing measures if you're the best or not. Yeah, exactly. Whoever comes up with a way to measure that is going to have a, a not just a monumental task on their hands, but a lot of factors to be weighing across the board. But it's the, it's the guy that gets all the sales companies. Yep. <laughs> that's that's how you know they're the best, right? Because they feel the like they can't go anywhere. Right. One one separate segment that I think might be valuable in this minisode. One of the considerations we should talk about is scale. The industry as a whole talks about scale and how to scale in certain ways. But from a contracting standpoint, every time we scale, something breaks. True. When sometimes, sometimes when we scale, site survey breaks. Sometimes when we scale, installation scheduling breaks or design breaks. Or again, anytime we move up in the process of how many things we're doing, how many contracts we're processing. And I don't care if we're talking about us, the number one solar contractor in the country, it doesn't matter who we're talking about. As you move up in scale, something in your process has to change to accommodate that new scale, whatever that might be. And this year, we definitely broke. We need to acknowledge that. We also need to acknowledge, hey, these are the things we're doing to fix us breaking as a yep. result of scale. Yep. We talked about being self-analytical, right? Like, yeah, we need to be honest with ourselves. We really messed up. We thought we we were we were overconfident, I'd say. We said, hey, we've got this awesome machine. We're we're ready for anything. We did accept more NEM applications leading up to, I mean, literally the fine the 11th hour. And we had a, a fraction of a percent get rejected for you know failure rate for like improper docs or something else like we had a stellar process in submitting all those projects through and taking on just a massive workload and we took a lot longer to work through that than we thought we would and yeah, yeah that's there's two sides to that though right so the guys who the guys who shut it down early, let's just say you were one of those companies that said, hey, we're not going to take NEM 2.0 applications after April 1. Let's just right. say you were one of those companies, right? Well, 
all of you, all of the salespeople that work for you or were using you, they still wanted to go out and sell. Yep. And they needed somebody to be able to support that. Now, I think the two sides to that coin are, well, we could draw a line in the sand and just say emphatically, we're not going to do this. Or we could not draw a line in the sand till the 11th hour and say, listen, we're going to do this up to the 11th hour. You need to understand the impact of this, right? And I think what we're guilty of is maybe suggesting that we didn't tell them what the impact of this would be. I'm guilty of it. Like lots of people can own up to it and say they should have done something different. But at the end of the day, until you break the machine, you don't know where it's going to break. It's true. Got to put it through the stress test. We were stressed. <laughs> we were stressed. Yeah. <laughs> would Jack, would you say that you've would, would you say that you've been through a stress test that's at any point this year? I, I uh, we, we've we've stressed it out pretty good. It's it's really it's really exciting. <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> All right, my man, do your thing and let's wrap this one yeah, up. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks everyone for listening. Check out the complete top solar contractors list on solarpowerworld.com. Link in the description of the show. And get out there and help us beat those numbers next year. We appreciate all your help. Thanks for being our partner. The views expressed herein may or may not represent the views of Energy Service Partners Incorporated, its ownership, management, affiliates, or subsidiaries. No construction project is guaranteed to be free from errors at any stage, and nothing contained in this recording should be taken to imply otherwise.